Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Goddess podcast show. Today with me I have Ellie. Hi gorgeous Ellie. Hello, how are you Katrina? Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. So let's get the first question out of the way and then we can just continue on in our, on our merry way. <laughs> um, how does somebody love you properly so that you feel loved, supported, nurtured, all that good stuff? Okay, so I, I thought about this. Since you threw that question out to me, I think there's an easy way to answer it and there's a really long way to answer it. And um, it's just been fascinating to just marinate that question because the easy way to answer it is, oh, you love me. You should just love me by being kind, by being thoughtful, by um, being there when I need you, by uh, listening to me, by like those things that, yes, 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 all of those. But... When you go a bit deeper, I think there's a whole nother layer to that because you can have all of those things but still not feel fulfilled. You can have all of those things and not be satisfied or happy or want to stay in that relationship um, or situation. So I think there's a deeper answer to it. <laughs> so you just, you've just... Um this is probably why we're complex creatures and men don't understand us because they yes. do all those things and yet we're still not satisfied. So tell me more. I'm totally into what you're saying. Go for it. Well, I actually looked up the definition of the word properly. Now we know what pro properly means. It, we use it as a common word in our language. But then I thought, okay, let's, let's go deeper on this. And, and I, I looked it up and it, um, it said correctly, satisfactorily, uh, in an acceptable way, in a suitable or suitable, and I thought about my previous relationships, and I thought my first marriage many years ago, um, he did all those things. He was listening, he was there, he was caring, he was loving, he was this, he was that, he was. There was nothing wrong, but I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled. Was he loving me properly? Um, and the definition of properly it gives some examples. So, for example, not being properly dressed to go out into the rain not being properly trained to do a particular job. So I think when we start to think about how does somebody love you properly, you have to think, what is that end goal? What am I trying to achieve? And be really, really clear on that. What is love? What, how do I feel loved? What, what is that all about? And, but then once you've kind of done that surface level work, you've got to go down to somebody can't, this is my, be my journey, Somebody can do all those wonderful things and love me properly as best they can. But if I don't love myself properly, it doesn't matter how much proper love they're giving me. <laughs> it's just not going to get there. We're not going to, I'm not, never going to get to that really fulfilled place of, of just feeling that intense, deep love, no matter what somebody else does. So I think we need to love ourselves properly before anyone ever has a chance to do that and that's where that's when we get deep that's when we need a glass of wine and we start going deeper <laughs> the question again how do you feel you're going with that self-love um how do you do it and did you get there are you there yet are you still in the middle of it i mean we're all still in the middle of it i'm sure but um how do you love you properly yeah, and it's it's so funny that you the timing. I, I think nothing happens by accident, and um, so I'm in a wonderful relationship, and and I feel loved, and I try and love him properly, and all of those things. Um, and today we had an argument this morning, <laughs> and we don't argue that much. Yeah, yeah, we, we we're pretty good. We've worked. We've done a lot of work. We used to argue quite a bit, and and this morning it was like, 
no, you're messing with my head. Like you can't, we can't argue today. And then I thought, let's, let's blend that into this conversation that I knew was coming up. And I, and I, cause I didn't feel, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel listened to. I didn't, I felt as if I was back to a point that I had been years ago. And yet it was this tiny little argument that was really about not very much at all. And I'm like, wow, how can you skate back to a, to an old feeling so quickly when you've done so much work on the relationship and you've done so much work on yourself and then something comes up and it feels like you've just gone back in time and all that stuff bubbles up and so I don't think we well my view I'm not sure we ever get there I think we're on a continual journey to keep getting there knowing that you can get derailed pretty quickly because of all the stuff that happens in here that is sort of still laying dormant waiting to <laughs> waiting to be exposed when the opportunity comes up waiting for the yeah. trigger dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there's always a trigger it's the button it's like <laughs> yeah bum, bum. there i am back at number six or 12 or whatever yeah but so then go back to that that self-love thing like okay what am i afraid of what is it that someone pushes your button but it, it's still you it's your button so what is it that they're pushing um, and we're so quick to blame somebody else. Yeah, but you did this and you did that and you shouldn't have done this and you should have done that and you don't love me or you're not showing it or there's not enough flowers or there's not enough foot massages or you don't unpack the dishwasher. <laughs> well, when you get rid of all that fluff, you come back to what am I, what am I feeling within myself and, and what, why am I being triggered like that? And that's where the work starts. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Did you get to the bottom of it? Did you realize it was for you? <laughs> I came to the office <laughs> and then we sent a few texts. And, um, but yes, yes, we, we've, got, we've now got the skills and the awareness to work through that stuff so much better than we did years ago. Like we would just clash and clash and clash and clash. But we both needed more knowledge. I think that what a lot of people do is try to get a different result with the same amount of knowledge that they have. And that can go on for years and years and years and years. And you keep saying, we're back in the same place. We're back in the same place. And I say this to some of my clients over the years, well, what have you done differently? Have you, what new knowledge have you tipped in? What new skills have you tipped in? What new awareness have you tipped in? What behaviors have you started? What behaviors have you stopped? And if they don't have answers to all of that, well then you're not really going to end up with a different result. You're going to get the same result. Yeah. The so. definition of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Definition of crazy is um, doing the same stuff but expecting a different outcome. Mental. We do it. <laughs> we do it. We do it. We do it. So you have to, have to, have to, have to do the hard yards, do the work on yourself. And, and I say to people that it's not the biggest problem I think that we have often in this space is it's not a lack of resources. It's just a lack of resourcefulness. And I think actually Anthony Robbins says that too. We've got resources coming out of our book, every hole there is, you know, they're there. They're every book, audible books, my God, how many, how many YouTube videos, how many training courses, how many seminars, how many experts, how many, there's resources galore, but a lot of people aren't resourceful to use it. And then in a relationship sense, to put it into play in the relationship. And that's, that's where the problem starts. So. Yeah. So that um, seems to presuppose that you guys have been to a professional relationship person. Is that correct? Um, yes. And also we have 
done a lot of work individually then, but then we come back together to discuss it. Brilliant. So we're, we're huge on audiobooks and we're huge on finding people that really have a clue. <laughs> and um, so people like the Brene Browns of the world, um, Esther Perel, um, people like that, that this is their life work and they have answers to things. So go away, read, listen, absorb, and then come back and discuss, 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 and then go away again and then come back again. Um, and do it with intent, do it with purpose, do it with, uh, as a strategic development of self and of the, of the partnership. Uh, and I think that's the gap for a lot, of, a lot of couples that struggle. They're just not putting enough work in. They're just hoping that it will get better. But you've got to put the work in. Yeah, well, a couple of things I want to say there. One is Estelle, Esther um, Perel. Have you listened to her podcast where it's the private coaching? Yeah. How good is that? Really love that. You know, I, I, I binge listened to the whole thing. I couldn't Me stop. Too. I was pulling over on the side of the road just to hear the end before I'd get to my next meeting because I didn't want to miss that bit. It is Oh, if I like anybody that's watching this, you must, 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 must. And I think it's free on um, Audible. It is now, yeah. But originally yeah. it was Amazon Prime and you had to pay. So oh, now it's free for all. So I paid. I was happy to pay because that... Yeah, oh, pay if you have to. First, world first, that one was. It's so good. And I think that that's a classic example of something that, that um, couples can do. They can either listen to it together or listen to it separately, but make sure you come back and discuss it and not discuss, not discuss in a way that says, oh yeah, that's what you do. Or you know what she said, that, that, that none of that is just like kind of observers. Wasn't that interesting when she said, wasn't that interesting how he blah and discuss it almost, you know, step out of it. Don't, don't let it turn into a, a you know, a, a, a fight or a, a blame game. Um, I think it's so powerful to listen to it like that and listen to her skills of navigating those discussions. How amazing is she? She is next level. The other thing oh. I wanted to say was, um, I love that, by the way, the insight that, um, you know, you go away and you do your own listening and you have your own experience because I do like to do that by myself, come up with my own thoughts and feelings. And then it would be wonderful to come back to my husband and say, oh, my God, what did you think? Did you get anything out of that? Um, so thanks for that tip. That has not come up. And we're up to 30 episodes so far. So um, good. that's a really, really good tip. The other thing I wanted to say was um, how did you find a man that was interested in personal development? <laughs> you, you make it sound like they're... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> I should send you through. Okay, so short version. I got married long ago, um, got separated when my kids were only two and four, my daughters, and then was on a mission from that point, well, after the dust settled a couple, after a couple of years, was on a mission to find somebody that was into growth. And that's all I, I knew I wanted was that was one of the primary qualities was growth let's explore let's expand let's just see what we're capable of individually and together and you're right it was it was hard because i've found some great guys 
but they were pretty much happy where they were and everything was kind of okay as it was and they didn't get excited about um, the same things that I got excited about. Like, have you read this? Have you watched this? Could we do this? Can we do? And that's just the way my little active brain goes. Me too, me but, too. <laughs> um, so it wasn't until six and a bit years ago that I met my now partner and the short version of that story was we met on on RSVP so we met online um I hadn't given up because I'd set this goal I won't stop until I get that partner that is on the same growth path as me plus you know this this and this but I knew that that was such a high priority I all the relationships I see that are thriving even if they've had their down times or their struggle times, when they, when they begin to thrive, it's the people that commit to working on growth together. Um, I just think that without that ingredient, you can have a relationship, but it, it would be fitting more into the, it's an okay relationship. It's an average relationship. It's, it's fine. It's good. I wanted exceptional. I wanted extraordinary. I wanted yeah, I wanted the best. And I knew that that was going to take work from me, but I also knew that I needed to go out and, and, and look hard for it. So anyway, so I was living in Melbourne. Uh, Mike was living in, in Adelaide. And a year before we crossed paths, he'd lost his wife to leukemia. So he'd been married for 15 years and she'd been sick for four years. And she died on Boxing Day the year before. And we, we met almost a year after. And so he was on RSVP. I was on RSVP. I was looking around Melbourne for guys and somehow his profile came up, yet he was in Adelaide. I wasn't doing a, an Australia search. I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's in Adelaide. Oh, how did that come up? The universe pushed it in. And, and I read the words on his profile. Yeah, I read the words on his profile and I, I like skipped a beat going, whew, okay, almost was a mirrored mind very very much and I thought okay so and he's muscled up and he had a motorbike and you know all those things but they were secondary like that was good but they were secondary the word it was the it's words huh? it's still hot oh it's still hot yeah he's still okay. the car he still is one <laughs> and um and I thought oh wow and then I really yeah I realized he was in Adelaide and I thought I don't and it said widower and I thought widower with kids in Adelaide, bump, bump, bump. No, three strikes, you're out. And um, I thought I don't need it at that moment. My girls were teenagers. I had my own challenges with them. I thought I just can't do a long distance thing. So I sent him a little kiss thingy that said, great profile, um, good luck with your search, which was the bottom of the barrel one, just basically say, eh, bye, hi, bye. And then on the other end, when he got the kiss, um, he looked at my profile and he, the same thing happened to him. He went, whoa, like the words on this chick, like that's fantastic. But he didn't realise I lived in Melbourne. He thought I was in Adelaide. So he's flicked through an email saying, um, just about to go to the gym, of course, um, we'll, we'll write to you when I get out. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no I, was just, I, was saying, I was just saying hi. I wrote back and said, hey, yeah, good, thanks. But I was just saying, hi, great profile. Uh, you do know that I'm in Melbourne, right? And then he wrote back saying, oops, didn't see that. And then he gave me the longest email ever um, <laughs> about his life. 
life story in a nutshell. And we were already kind of then, with, the universe had already connected us by then. And then the, then the next day we spoke on the phone, we spoke for like an hour and a half and we were just rapid fire. And it was like, wow, what the? Um, and, but then, yeah, we had this kind of roller coaster experience because he was in the depths of grief. Yeah. And so I had to ride that train with him while we worked out how he navigated life without, you know, his, his wife and how he introduced somebody new into the family. And so we've had obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And we would not have got through that and come out as strong as we are without a growth mindset. So that's yeah. where the counselling was more than, um, more, you, you guys were more than happy to go there because of the grief aspect of what, what was happening. It, My sister's a widow as well at 40 and she's remarried and they've just had their wedding anniversary, um, I think the fourth, fifth or sixth one. And um, so, yeah, it, there's been a lot, lot to, to, to traverse there. there, there there's lots of different things that have, have, have happened because they didn't leave them because they'd fallen out of love. Hmm. They didn't leave them because anything bad had happened. Uh, you know, any, you know, any, any, they wanted to break up. You've lost them and you're still in love with them. And so what do you, what do, you do with that? And grief on top of that. And I it's love I love how men also to get back on the horse so quickly. My sister wasn't that quick, but he's sort of on RSVP within a year. That's very, very brave to just hop his little toe in the water and have a little look-see. Yeah, and, and on reflection, he, he would say um, it was all too soon and he should have actually done some work on himself. And, and he'd actually let a girl into his world even before that. But it was all about the big hole in your heart where you just want to feel it and feel it because and stop the pain at that stage and if you know you look at the grief curve as you'd know and you, you, most people follow that curve exactly as as it's as it's written and he was in that whole denial stage he was all in that stop the pain stop the pain um stage so i came into his world in a really tricky time that it was a tricky time for me and then when i decided then we decided to move to sydney which was where he was from and I left Melbourne and my girls were, um, were 18 and 20 then. And then they got grumpy that I left Melbourne and then that had its own challenges. And so, yeah, I mean, relationships, I think are hard at the best of times and they throw in a few other obstacles. Um, you got it. You got to get some help on it. How, how are we supposed to know how to navigate that? You, and, and the other thing is, I, I think you don't just go, to one person, one counselling session or, or half a dozen counselling sessions and say, there we go, we're done, or, gee, that didn't help. You have to go out to different places. You have to, because that one person might be able to help you with this bit, but not with this bit. Or So, yeah, I think that you've got to go out to other experts and plus, as we were saying, read those books or listen to those podcasts or, and get this cross-section of stuff but be prepared to let it in and do the work inside out because you could listen to 4,000 books and then not even change or you could listen to four books and change dramatically. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations for you guys doing the work and for you guys to bring two worlds together that, yes, were absolutely complex on a whole lot of levels and so, you know, it's one thing to do relationship counselling. It's another to do it with bloody teenagers and children and all of, all of those people, all those extras. 
Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to comment on was the fact that, um, you know, how attractive is it for people to just be curious and that growth mindset, but just number one skill is just to be curious about how good can this relationship be? How far can we go with this? How amazing can we make our lives? I wonder how curious, you know. And that's, and that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic topic, fantastic question to ask. And I, um, it's exactly the thing that I say to people that I have worked with as friends or, or kind of with a coach hat on is what do you really want? Do you want it to be good, great or extraordinary? And a lot of people, I think, shy away from saying, I want extraordinary because they think they can't get there. So therefore, if they don't set their sights very high, then they're not going to be too disappointed. So if they lower the bar a little bit and we have good or, oh, it's pretty good, or even if they're brave and say, great, they can work to there. But like you said, what if, what's up here? What if, what if it's extraordinary? What if we aim for being this rock-solid connection that is so dynamic and so extraordinary that we are bringing out the best of ourselves within that coupleness and and also bringing out the best in each other and and challenging each other and and just exploring and and curious is a fantastic word let get get curious what's what are we capable of what's possible um what joy can we bring because you think about it in relationships relationships bring us it's the thing in our life that brings us the most amount of joy but it also brings us the most amount of of sadness and despair um so we it's so, so important. There's no point in having a fantastic job and a shitty relationship because you're not going to be happy in your job if you know that when you go home, everything's going to be awful. Um, so it's so important, I think, to invest time and money or whatever it takes into, into the right connection and the right person and the right growth. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're bringing up some fantastic points. And I think if we um, did, you know, apply what you're saying to ourselves and our own self-love, our own self-development and self-awareness, and then you layer that into our relationships and get curious and learn and develop that way. Um, I just find that um, a lot of men are really just not that into that. And I, I know there's a whole body of men that are into it, but what I did notice that men are getting personal development through the business training that they're doing and the business coaching and the mentoring and the mindset piece, the growth mindset piece is being slipped in and men are getting it kind of that way. And I thought, Oh, that's sneaky. That's good. I don't care how they get it as long as they bloody get it. And yeah. so have you noticed that with some of the big male macho um, male business coaches out there, they're giving the men the mindset stuff. Just by yes, yeah. that that's that's true. But and it, but it comes back to that curiosity too. So if you don't have that curiosity to grow, then you're not going to let it soak in, no matter where it's coming from. So um, yes, you might you might get a little bit by default from a from a business course. But um, you know, I think the biggest thing that that I say to men and is to to look for that growth. And I think as as people age, instead of getting more curious, a lot of them they plateau. And then they go down. Yeah. And, and you can blame so many reasons for that. You know, busier or whatever, a testosterone 
declines and there's so many things that you could say it's because of this it's because of this it's because of this yes 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 maybe 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 but it's because of this it's because of oh, there's self-love comes into it there what you believe you're capable of if you think you've reached your limit as to what you're capable of well if you think you've reached it reached it there's nowhere to go is there um so it, that's all about self-belief and self-love and self-worth and um so there's so many factors in there there's not one thing and anyone that tries to simplify it into to one reason like i do this because of blah or i don't do this because of blah i think um it's a little bit of a naive way to think about it mm. um but yeah i think there's there's not look i know in our circle of friends and and you know, Mike and I, yes, we're always talking about personal development. We're always talking to people about what we've read or what we've listened to or what we're doing or the new thing that we've started. And some of his friends, some of his friends that are in their 40s and, and early 50s or even mid, mid to late 50s who look at him saying, man, how do you get the results you get? And you and Ellie have got such a great relationship and you had such a great relationship with Gail. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a bodybuilder. So he's got the physique that a 25-year-old would kill for. <laughs> Like, and they got other guys that say, how do you do, how do you do this? How do you do this? So he tells them, but do you think they do it? Well, interesting. So, so that they look at him and say, you've had success here financially. You've had success in love. You've had success physically. You've had success as a father. You've had su success here. And he, he says, I wish I would tell you, I will tell you what to do. Start with this. And he gives them a book to read. And he says, start with that and then he catches up with them for a coffee a couple of months later and i say did they read it and he goes nope and that drives me that's probably the thing that that frustrates me and and i've had the same thing happen with some of my female friends where they don't they don't read it and they don't and i said well you you asked what the secret was or you asked how i achieved this then i told you the first step and you didn't do the first step so you don't really. So want I can't give you the second step if you don't do the first step, and you can't have the third step or the fourth or the fifth. So therefore, you stay at the bottom of the staircase, wondering, still wondering, how somebody has more success than you. You have to, have to, have to do the first step, and then the second step, and then the third step. And you might be uncomfortable. You probably, actually, you know, you will be uncomfortable, because if you don't get uncomfortable, you're actually not stepping, right. <laughs> stepping up. You have to get uncomfortable. You listen, like we said, that Esther Perel stuff, like those people being coached were getting uncomfortable, even listening to it sometimes. Yeah. You gotta go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to get uncomfortable. And that's where a lot of people pull back too. It's like, oh, this is a bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. growth mindset um i've been teaching a concept um called activated lifelong learner for about 20 years now and what what i um what i propose is that um everybody is a lifelong learner because you learn and grow you learn to read write walk talk um whatever whatever and then you end up here um so everyone's yeah. a lifelong learner but only 10 percent of the world's population are activated lifelong learners and take the proactive approach to their development. And those are the people that I like to work with in my practice. So taking them from great to excellence. I don't wanna work with good to great, um, you know, the ordinary people that just want mediocrity. 
I want to work with the people that want to be excellent in that top 10% of the world. So, yeah, that's sort of my take on it. And it's a way of getting it across very quickly so that people can be sitting in the audience and know whether they're a lifelong learner or an activated lifelong learner and whether they want to switch into growth mindset and then, boom, welcome to the club, people. (laughs) I love that distinction. that's, That's a great, a simple way for people to go, where, where, do I, where do I sit? And it's not too hard to work out where you sit. And it's okay if you sit in the category that you don't want to be in for the next stage of your life. Step up. Just step up. And, and then there's always another step, another step. I mean, we, you and I are both activated, but what else is there? <laughs> you know, we, have that, we have that curiosity. We won't know what's next until that next door opens and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. This- yeah. Next level, next level. <laughs> but, the thing about yeah. evolution um, is that, you know, like I, I like to visualize it as steps and that the problems you have on that step, you're there to learn those lessons. And then when you're ready, you pop up into the next step. And then um, you're up there. You don't have these problems down here anymore, but you've got these new problems to solve. <laughs> and then it goes up and up and up. And so um, the way the universe has structured it is so we never arrive. There is no arrival at the step where, you know, you've arrived and you know everything and there's no problems. And if they hadn't created it like that, we'd actually get bored and just want to kill ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. Yeah, there's always there's always more. Yeah, there's always more, and the next step. And people think um, somebody like Oprah. Um, I always use her as an example. I go, oh, where do you think Oprah sits? Do you think she's on you know level five or level eight or level twenty two? And they go, oh, she'd be really high up there. And I go, yes, that's interesting from your perspective, but where does she think she is? Mm. And she would see herself as here because she knows her pure potential is unlimited. So yes. she, she would know that there was 50 steps ahead of her in this lifetime anyway. So it's yeah. funny how we perceive her as being all the way up here. And yes, she has dealt with all the little steps along the way that perhaps we haven't. But um, yeah, she would perceive herself as quite, you know, quite low. Because the, the, the potential is just immense. And she's, she's fortunate in her life, the way that she's built her career and the people that she surrounds herself with. So she, you can see her absorbing lessons when she interviews the Brene's of the world and, and really listening and then letting it in. But we, we watch those sort of interviews in awe, but we have that potential too, to surround ourselves with people that are doing better than what we're doing in a particular area and sit and watch them and let it soak in and look at them with awe. So we have as much available to us as Oprah does. And, um, you know, it's in, in, in my relationship with, with Mike, you know, we're, we're always looking out for who's the best in a particular area that we want to learn from. And um, he, a couple of years ago, was training to do Mr. Australia bodybuilding. And, so he's already a great bodybuilder, but he said, I want to be better. And he had been following this uh, bodybuilder in, uh, in America called Ben Pakulski. And he, he said, oh, God, what I'd give to just have some time with him. Um, that, gee, that would help a lot. This guy's fantastic. And he was ex-Mr. Universe and blah, blah, blah. I thought, okay, Ben, 
So of course, you know, we finish that conversation. I'm Google, 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 Ben Pakolsky. Okay. Send him an email. Hi, Ben. You don't know me. My name's Ellie. My partner, Mike, is blah, 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 blah. Got an email back. Um, he had a course coming up in Florida. Um, the dates worked out okay. So I like booked a place for him. <laughs> and, and I said to Mike, guess where you're going? And so he went and did this one or, one or two week camp with Ben and then had some extra days with him as well. And Mike ended up winning the over 50s Mr. Australia the, the following year. So, oh my you know, God, a fabulous story. How generous of you. You're the best girlfriend ever. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's actually knowing there's something you want, who's got it and who can teach me it and how do I get there? How do I, how do I get to see him? So we've kind of, we're doing that with property at the moment. So we wanted to um, invest better. We've both made bad investment decisions over the years. Okay. What do we want to do? We want to have passive income. How do we do that? We looked into that and we, we discovered this guy that is an expert in Australia in micro apartments. And that's all affordable housing, the smaller living, not the big, you know, five bedroom houses, smaller living for people that want to live by themselves or uh, couples that don't need lots of space. The kids are gone and they don't have any pets. So micro apartments in certain areas is perfect. Then we looked into that for who's the expert in Australia. Okay, we found him, Ian Ogate. Let's sign up. We just signed up to his his twelve month mas um, what's it called mastermind mastermind group, and that's where you're part of this amazing network where you find out everything there is to know about building affordable housing, and we just started that a couple of weeks ago. So. You know, it's fantastic. I would love um, if you could send that detail through because I think we'll put that in the show notes. Um, sure. So you're a businesswoman. Um, and so how do I love you properly as a businesswoman? How do you, how do you need to be loved um, so that you feel secure and nurtured and loved um, as a businesswoman that's out there? Um, as a businesswoman by the business world or as a businesswoman by my partner um, well tell us about your business what do you do <laughs> so I've had a business since 2001 and I'm a trainer and keynote speaker and so years ago in my career or only for five years I was a police officer in in Melbourne and I left the police force to join the corporate world and I worked in in sales and and leadership but when I was in the police force I, I became fascinated with the topic of truth and deception and really because in every sort of interview where you're trying to get information from someone, you're looking for the truth, but they're not telling you the truth. And I realized there was a great big gap in my knowledge in, in interviewing skills with a focus on eliciting truth and detecting deception. And so I was fascinated back then. And then I joined the corporate world and I watched people conducting interviews, interviews, um, you know, with the staff interviews, uh, recruitment interviews, and I started to survey people. How much training have you done? And how do you know how, what questions to ask? And, and how do you know if someone's telling you the truth? And so I got, I got really interested. And then in 2001, I crossed paths with my now ex-business partner, um, who was a polygraph operator. And so the, again, the universe provided, I, I'd left a well-paying job. I was a single mum with two little girls. And I said, nah, there's got to be more than this. I left my well-paying job to start my own business. And people are saying, you're nuts, you can't do that. You're a mum now, you know, you've got kids, you've got responsibilities. And I said, I'm starting my own business. I'm starting my own business. And they said, what is it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> something, something about communication, something about interviewing, something about people connecting, I don't know. 
And then the universe provided um, cross paths with um, the polygraph guy. We formed a business um, and we created programs that were interviewing skills with a focus on um, conditioning for truth and detecting deceptive behaviours. And then after six years, I took over the business um, and he went on his way, I went on mine. And then over the years, I've just kind of, the business has kept evolving into something bigger and better and more, I don't know, fun, more me. Um, and yeah, it's, so I'm keynote speaking and I'm training, still doing the interview skills training, but really my stuff is all around truth now. Um, so that's why I was drawn to you. <laughs> because I'm to you too. I love yeah. that. And I'm in the leadership piece as well. I've been training leadership for 20 years, but you've really niched right in there. That is so sexy. Um, and <laughs> I'm just wondering, could a new reiterate, a new iteration of that, could you not apply truth seeking to relationships and, and couldn't you be the next Estelle in that? Yes. Well, I, I kind of, I've dabbled in the relationship stuff. I was, I almost turned my ship to that completely. Yeah. Um, I was focusing on women there for a while. I created an online course, which I, I, it's just parked at the moment, but that was more for women on the dating scene so that they were, yeah, they were going in with truth, truth with self, truth with what do I want, um, truth right right from the start so that they weren't just, you know, that a lot of them were complaining that the guys just wanted to get them into bed so that they were lying, you know, about what, you know, all that stuff, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, um, but then I was, I was having trouble juggling the corporate stuff and then with my, um, you know, dating women and dating kind of coach hat on and there was a bit of a clash between what what am i where am i focusing right. um so i was doing i was doing neither of them that well because i was torn and and some of my clients in the corporate sense were department of defense and the uh, and asio intelligence agencies and Def department of foreign affairs so they were high level agencies where i kind of had to be very very serious and we were focusing on interviewing skills with a focus on you know eliciting information and detecting deception over here i'm working with women all right ladies what do we need to do to not be uh lied to on the dating scene yeah, um makes sense so brand altogether yeah yeah so i still do i still do some of that and and mike and i are looking at what could we do together using our collective experience and where we're looking to develop even we have we haven't hit the go button on it but i think we've got so much knowledge up here and we'd love to do what you're doing helping people get a better result um, that's what lights my fire is, is if what, what's the point of all these years of experience and knowledge and lessons, if you can't pass it on <laughs> and pass it on to many people. A women and dating thing, but with your partner or for the new, the, you know, new age masculine or. Sorry, say again. Are, are you, is, is he going to be training men and, and looking at yeah. the, the modern masculine? Well, that, that's what we're looking at now. Like, um, what I've called it at the moment is relationship roadmap. And, and it's, it's not that the, as we said at the very start, it's not that the roadmap is a final destination, but we are all on that, that journey and we use that language around the journey. What do you want that journey to be like? What, what is that map you want to create? So the model that we're looking at, yes, we would be doing um, couples coaching kind of together, but also, for us to look at, you know, him, him looking, helping the guys to be more masculine and to, to, to be able to know what that means and masculine being masculine is, yeah, some men get mixed up with what that is. Does that mean that I have to be aggressive? Does that mean I have to, you know, 
pull her along by the hair, you know, <laughs> what does it, what does it mean? But then women have got something to answer to too, because we're confusing the hell out of the guys. Yeah. We say we want this, but we don't want this. We want equality, but we still want this. We want the doors open. We don't want the doors open. We don't want to be called sweetheart. We do want to be called sweetheart. Um, if we, we love a wink by a cute guy. We sue somebody for winking at us if he's a bit creepy. Um, so there's a whole lot of mixed stuff going on out there that no wonder the guys are confused like come on girls <laughs> we don't make it easy for them we don't and that was the whole purpose of the modern goddess was to see where are we at now after all that's happened recently yeah. in the last decade or two um and i wanted to talk to all different women from all different walks of life as to where they were at what they were sort of after so that men could listen to this and get a real understanding of where we're at and how it's not that complex really but at the same time get some real modern insights i also wanted women to listen in because i wanted women to start to get articulation around where are they at as well because we're just as confused as they are um, yeah, really wanted to give men a bit of a heads up as to where we're at, and we're not we're not all dragons, and we're not all bitches, and we're not all the shadow of the feminine, and that men need to step up to their new masculine, and what's the modern masculine look like, and how can both people be balanced in their masculine, their feminine energy, and for that not to be in shadow anymore. Yeah, beautiful, and it's a great initiative too because that's, this is where people can have breakthroughs, listening to, to um, you know, interviews as you've been doing. Um, and hopefully the right people will listen to it. And that's, that's the thing, the people that need it the most may not listen to it. Yeah. But, but, you know, hopefully you will hit enough people, um, you know, between the eyes where they go, wow, that's really interesting. I haven't thought about it like that. And you do, you need a paradigm shift to get to the next level. You need to have that like, Oh, you know, moment where you you realise, hey, they're talking to me. That that what that person said, what that woman said, she's talking to me. <laughs> and and I think going back to that idea of you know setting the bar high. When I have worked with couples, that's the first thing I say to them is work out what you're striving for together. Because if you haven't got that really really clear, if you you know, how many, how many couples do you know that are bitching and whinging about each other all the time? They're, they're, you know, they go off to work and, and, and I know Mike gets that at his, his work. He said half the guys there bitching about their missus all the time. Oh, yeah, haven't had sex for, you know, whatever. All that. Now, if you're bitching and whinging about each other all the time, you ain't ever going to get anything spectacular. You are only going to stay at average. You just are. So, firstly, that has to stop. And then you need to set some new goals together. So fresh slate, clean slate, you know, post-COVID clean slate. <laughs> it's a great time. It's a great time to reboot. Yeah. And, and and go, all right, what are we striving for? Are we going for, oh, this is okay. Are we going for, hey, this is great. Are we going for, this is sensational. Or are we going for, the sky's the limit. Oh, yeah. And, and then when you've set, okay, so if you, if you stay, if you're going for, oh, what we've got is okay, let's just leave it here. Okay, fine. That's it, you know, so, so. But the people that want the growth, when you've said that, then everything you do from that point on, you can ask the question, is this behaviour going to lead me closer to that, that level? Is what we're doing to each other right now, is this argument or is this thing that we're doing or this thing that we're not doing, is it leading toward that path or is it 
keeping us down down flat. So you hold each other accountable to that. You can kick each other's butt. You say, hang on a second, we reached an agreement that we're going for extraordinary. What we're doing right now ain't going to get us there. No. So let's stop doing that and start doing something different. Yeah. yeah. I love how my husband put it. I've been married for over 30 years now. And um, he always said from the very start, he said one plus one equals three. And so we, we sort of try to think of if when we work together as one entity, um, you know, it's, it's um, better than the, the individual bits. Yes. And so when we don't do one plus one, we don't, you know, when we don't work together, it uh, ends in disaster usually. So um, we kind of, that's our little mantra. So one plus one equals three is our little extraordinary. Love it. Love it. I think that's great. I think, and but that's connection, isn't it? When you know that the two of you together firing on all cylinders creates this new entity. Yeah. <laughs> And you know it and you can verbalise it and you're excited by that. Um, that's, that's what it's all about. Like anything less than that, you know, what's the point? What is the point? Yeah, absolutely. So I look forward to meeting this lovely Mike sometime soon. Um, <laughs> yes, I'd love to. I'm in Sydney. So um, after this bullshit is over, um, <laughs> we can maybe have a lovely dinner somewhere in, in Boston. Um, love to go to Felix. Have you ever been to Felix? No, no. It's oh, a lovely one. Lovely, lovely restaurant. Um, so whereabouts are you in Sydney? We're down near Cronulla. Oh, Cronulla Way. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. God's country down there. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And being from Melbourne, I used to, you know, the whole Melbourne-Sydney rivalry and people, uh, friends from Sydney used to criticise, you know, Melbourne and Melbourne's beaches. And I was defensive going, no, Melbourne's got really good beaches. And then I moved to Sydney and to the Shire where the waterways are just so beautiful and the beaches are beautiful. And I was like, okay, maybe Sydney beaches are just a little bit, just a little bit better. Yes, a little bit. I'm a big fan of Melbourne. I'm a, a Sydney born and bred North Shore girl, but... Um, I go down to Melbourne about twice a month. I have loads of friends down there. I stay in all sorts of places and I have lots of wonderful adventures and I truly, truly love Melbourne. And I, I just don't go buy into that, um, that rivalry. It's ridiculous. But Sydney is gorgeous. I mean, Sydney has the harbour. Our beaches are incredible. But Melbourne has incredible culture. And I don't know, there's just a real charm about it. And just before COVID... That was my last stop. So I had this week in Melbourne just before I got in lockdown. We got home just in time. But I had spent the best week in Melbourne I'd ever had in any of my trips. So I can't wait to get back there. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I think they're different. You can't, they're, 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 they're different places. Exactly. Yeah, no, no right or wrong, no better or worse. It's just cool either way. But welcome yeah. to my town. Yeah. <laughs> just the other thing, I don't know whether you've, you've covered it off um, very much with, with people you've spoken to, is around, um, around kids and around the impact that the relationship has on kids or not having a relationship or having a bad relationship with yourself on, on kids. Now, um, my, my daughter's one's turning 23 on, on Monday and one's 25. And I look back now how I raised them and I had them probably, you know, 80, 70, 80% of the time and their dad was still around. Um, but I did a lot of that on my own 
but I wasn't, there was a lot of discomfort within me. So I think it was that whole self-love piece. And I, and I think looking back that, you know, some of that has brushed off on my girls in ways that I wish it didn't. Now, we can all go back and say, I should have done this and I should have done that. But then I look at this relationship that I'm in now with a stable, happy couple and two little boys. And I kind of really realise now how much that makes a difference. Doesn't I mean a single mum can't do a great job. Of course, of course we can. But we have to be really mindful when we're doing it on our own too. You, it's tougher, but we, I think you need to put even more thought into what, what are you showing the kids? If you don't have that stable, happy family unit and you've got your own stuff going on in your head, what, what is that doing to the kids? And what do I need to do differently? Or what help do I need to do? Or what do I need to learn? Um, but I didn't, I didn't do that work until it was too late in a way. Um, and, and my relationship with, with my girls is a little bit fractured at the moment. I'm sure it will come good, um, particularly with one of them. But I look back and go, you know what? I didn't kind of take it seriously enough, that responsibility as a single parent and the responsibility I had to get my own shit, for want of a better word, yeah. sorted to really be the best role model that I could. And when you're in the middle of it, you, you think you are, but when you kind of look back, you go, nah, I could have, I, I could have done better. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the lesson that I'd like, um, you know, particularly single mums that are, um, you know, in between relationships and to, to just stop and take a breath and go, okay, I'm doing a great job, but is there some extra help I could get? Is there someone I can reach out to get some more knowledge? Do I need to read some more things? Do I need to listen to Katrina more? Do I you know what, what should I do so that I can hand on heart say, yep, you know, I put the work in, I did the yards on that too. So yeah. If, if, if only we knew what we didn't, we didn't know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, they're, they're lucky girls to have a self-aware um, mother. Um, most of us didn't. And most of the damage is done between naught and seven. Most of it's laid in from the parents at that point. So um, I just remember I had a massive breakthrough at about 25 when I, it suddenly gave me clarity as to what my mother and father really were for me. And so I just give you that love knowing that she's nearly 25. They're coming up that sort of age and you watch the ball will drop at around 25. Their brain will be able to comprehend exactly what you did do, not what yeah. you didn't do. Yeah. And that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, that day. Cause it's, it, I've been through the phase of completely beating myself up for a couple yeah. of years. Absolutely with sticks and stones yeah. and I came through that going no 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 that's that's not fair did you do the best you could with what you knew yes Betcha. and did they have every opportunity under the sun yeah did I work my ass off so they could go to private schools yes all those yeah. things but I missed a few of the key ingredients along the way but I'm learning that now being the mother of, of two little boys um and I am their mother because their mother's not here so Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's incredible that you've been able to slot that through. But families are complex. Children are <laughs> selfish up until a point. So it's all about them and their experience. And they'll, they're never able to step into your shoes and imagine through your eyes the love that you poured into them, um, whether they're aware of it or not. And so I can't wait for you to have the day when they actually realise it. Because they do come up oh. with tears in their eyes. I know I did. 
God, you'll start me crying. Yeah, I look forward to that too. I love them. I love them to pieces, and and once they yeah get to that stage, we can all love and cry and kiss. And, <laughs> and thank you, thank you for bringing that up because you're right. We haven't really touched on those complexities within relationships, and unfortunately, um, you know, every parent can do better. Every parent can you know evolve and and do better but the problem with it is we never get a second chance like that's sort of it what went in went in and how they process that is the way they processed it and that's why they'll go to therapy and they'll be dealing with it like we had to do (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) but but that growth mindset i mean i i I actually think i got that right with them I'm, i'm well i hope i hope i did that because they saw me learning all the time. They saw me going, no, no, that's not good enough. No, we can do better. Um, maybe that meant I was away from home more than I wanted to be because I was traveling around Australia training or speaking or, but, um, you know, I think I'm okay. If, if that's your, the main thing they took from me, that there's a whole lot more out there and let's not be mediocre, then, you know, that's a good lesson, I think. Oh, totally. You're, a, you're an incredible role model for two girls. They should be very pleased with that. Um, but they, you know, they might not see it from that point of view just now. But I think they will, and you'll be able to see what they grow into and what they're. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I can't wait to meet them as well and see what they're <laughs> going to get up to. With an amazing mother like you, that's incredible. Um, so thank you for joining us today, um, Ellie. It's been absolutely amazing. If it's okay with you, we're going to put a whole heap of show notes together about you and your career and how people can find you. If there's anything you can share about your new projects, just to give people a little bit of a heads up or a way of yeah. contacting you when those products are available, because I think a lot of people are going to be interested in that. Um, and also in series two, we're going to come back and revisit these interviews and go a little bit deeper with you. So hopefully you'll agree to come back. And yeah, fantastic. And what I'm thinking of doing just to test the water with uh, the relationship roadmap is, is um, doing a foundation member offer so that right. people that are, it's that mindset you're talking about. I'm ready to take action. Uh, do they, are they serious? They want to take action and be part of the foundation of, of it all so I can give you I've got a little bit more to do to tip it to that stage but I think that's the best way forward and and then they can be part from the from the ground the groundswell and they can put ideas and um you know wants and desires into the actual program that we're developing oh wonderful there's a new system that's just been developed I don't know if you're aware of it but it's called mighty networks um, just explore mightynetworks.com. It's a, it's a membership platform so that you can have all your online program, all your own social media platform, all inside your own Mighty plat- Network. And this could be very, very good to, to, to create a little system for you to blossom from. Um, there's yeah, any I love system, it. But just explore that one. See if that's of any use to you because it's um, you. Yeah. one of my yeah. new discoveries. So I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I like, love it. I will. I'll look at it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, darling. We'll have a lovely, lovely weekend. And um, it's been fabulous meeting you. <laughs> and I can't wait to play in the sandbox again with you real soon. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> See you.